Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. We're going to have a great time today. Are you ready? All right, let's get into it. Luke chapter 17. I want to read something powerful and life-changing. Do it. All right, are you in Luke chapter 17? Come on, I said, are you in Luke chapter 17? Everybody read verse 1 together, loud as you can, one to go. Then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom. I think this is life-changing, as simple as it is. This is a good opportunity. I mean, I think if this was said today, he would have added, know this and know, <laughs> know this and know peace. It is impossible that offenses should not come. It is impossible. I mean, you probably have a fantasy that the world will be a perfect place. You know, you go out and no one steps on your toes. It's impossible. You know, I always find it funny that the Bible says, as much as it is possible, follow peace with all men. Why did he add that caveat? <laughs> it's almost as if the writer knows it is almost, I mean, as, as much as it is within your power, follow peace. It's always God's will that we follow peace. Some people just make it difficult. And he tells you, offenses will come. If you notice in your workplace, <laughs> you'll be better off. Some of us will, re will react different if we knew this. If you knew this, you would react differently. You wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the Lord Jesus said, it is impossible that no offenses should come. It's impossible. As much as you hate it, you hate drama, you will see drama. <laughs> you will. And listen, in every aspect of your life, it will help you to anticipate it because Jesus said it. Anticipate it. Even in that cute relationship of yours, you're excited because you just started. <laughs> Offenses will what? Um, it's, not, it's no prophecy of doom. Newlywed, skilled, disturbing us. You know, one of us went live on IG yesterday. <laughs> Just so that the whole world could see him kissing his wife. I said, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> you know, of course, and, and of course, listen, God's children, in fact, we have a prophecy over this house. We will be known by good marriages. Amen. Say loud amen if you believe it. Amen. You see, but a good marriage is not a marriage absence of offense. You have to understand that. So, I mean, the husband will step on your toes. The wife will step on you. You know, because no matter how long you caught it, there are some things you will, <laughs> you will not see until you're in. 
Praise the Lord. Come on, I said there are some things you will not see until you are what? So there are some aspects in which Nigerian tolerates me. It's, to it's tolerance. <laughs> because I I'm working on it. You know, I'm talking about small things. <laughs> okay, don't put this here. I've heard. But you see, I'm trying to save the world. <laughs> so, so, I mean, just... <laughs> and she too. <laughs> you see, and the thing is, I've been married long enough. I have experience. So there are just some things, you know. <laughs> so if tower will be an issue, buy 20. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't want to give examples so that, <laughs> you know. I, I, and I'm serious. I have 20 towers. 20. <laughs> or oh, you thought that the example was just. <laughs> so I said, you know what? Any white one you use, the colored ones I'll use. <laughs> you know, and all of that. And then I own two. And this is the this is the thing. There are some things she's trying to teach me. I'm, it's, it's taking me eight years, but I'm coming closer. <laughs> but you just know this and know peace. Let me say this. Some marriages have been threatened over toothpaste. Are you aware? So, what if you just embrace this as God's idea? It is, it is impossible. That, you know, yes, whilst you anticipate change, just embrace it. It's impossible. That offenses should not come. In your workplace, people will step on your toes. The reason this is important is because some people <laughs> are not used to it. And they miss a lot of great opportunities. Some people want to prove a point to their boss. He keeps talking to me this way. You just resign. It's because you are still single. <laughs> I, I'm telling, honestly, there's a way responsibility will change your perspective. Ah, is that, is that what you're calling insults? <laughs> because you know, your children will be hungry. You just say, ah, he was just speaking his mind. He just had a bad day, bad day every day. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I, see, let me say this. If you want to be a success in this world, you're going to have to develop a little bit of toughness. Your feelings are legitimate. They are right. Many times they are, they are right. Absolutely right. But again, know this and know peace. It is impossible. That offenses should not come. People will stress you. Stress you out. Test your salvation. The length and the breadth of it. The authenticity of it. The originality of it. They, they will test you. Your last nerve, they will step on it. Get ready. <laughs> Such is life. Let me tell you this. Most quarrels that we have 
are a manifestation of a secret insecurity. We want to be liked. You are not wrong to want to be liked. But if you go overboard with that, you're going to hurt yourself. So, uh, don't take yourself too seriously. Uh, why shouldn't people upset you? Who are you? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you what is my mentality. You know, just today, one of our pastors, you know, was telling me, oh, this person did this, you know, years ago. I mean, he wasn't really upset, but he just found it weird. Did this to you. You know, sometimes I think about it and I still can't believe it. And I, you know what I told him, honestly? And I wasn't thinking about this sermon. It was just my normal, honest response. I said, you people rate me too much. <laughs> I said, and I'm not saying this to try to be humble to you. It's true. Who am I? Why can't people offend me? <laughs> Why can't people abuse me? Who am I? You know, just learn to calm down. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. I mean, that it will change your life. You will live longer. Just calm down. Because offenses will come. And if you're not careful, even when the offenses come, that secret insecurity will amplify it. Have you seen people, you say something simple to them, they hear something else, and they escalate it. You're wondering, why is he angry? Why is she, why is she shouting? It's because there are secret insecurities. Some of you know what I'm saying. For instance, if you already have the preconceived notion that everyone is trying to take advantage of you, honest criticism will be a big matter. Have you seen people who can't take criticism? When you just want to give feedback, fights. So these are the silent issues. So learn it. This is just the introduction, but if you get this, you've gotten something powerful. This can save your marriage. This can save your business. Do you know how many great businesses did not last just because of this? Simple things that, can, and, and you know, in this generation, we can damage important things to prove a point. Just to prove a point. Just to prove a point. It's an age-long satanic ideology. Two women are before the king trying to prove that this child is their child. And the king says, I will divide the child. One of them says, okay, go ahead. And whilst you think that might be wicked, many people have that mentality. Instead of one of us to get it, let none of us. I was very surprised, you know, years ago. People were arguing about the phone, you know, who should have it. Because you know how it is in many African homes. As your parents upgrade their phone, they pass it down. Some of you pretend like you don't know what you're saying. Like, like I mean, you never experienced that. You just, anyway, whatever. 
And it was a serious argument amongst the children in this particular home. And then one of them said, you know what? I will just carry the phone and damage it and none of us will use it. You know? And felt very justified in saying that. And just before you criticize the person, just, just be sure you're not like that. Because that hidden tendency is there. But it is impossible that offenses should not come. Help me preach it to the person by your side just in case the speaker, I mean, is failing in that part of the room. Nudge the person, you know, gently with your elbow and say it is impossible that offenses should not come. Uh, maybe I'm the one. Maybe I've stepped on your toe in this, in this, this evening. Maybe I've pissed you off and I don't even know. It's impossible. That offenses should not come. <laughs> and so I, I, we're continuing our series on Love Walk and I want to teach on something very important. Let me say this. I'm going to give you the biggest reason a believer should love. See, all reasons to love are important. Love because hate is a sin. Love because God is love. Love because they will know you by your love. Love because as he is, so are you in this world. He is love and so you are love. All those things are powerful. But I will tell you the biggest reason for love. As a believer, are you ready to hear it? You must love because you are a soul winner. Just write it down and I'll make my case. Let me start from a natural standpoint. Has it ever happened, and please, for God's sake, be honest. Has it ever happened that you found yourself in a situation and something upsetting happened, and but for the circumstances and the context, you would have responded, you know, in a maybe almost violent way. But because... There are people there that look up to you. You were determined to make a good impression. If it has happened to you, raise your hand. Thank you very much for your honesty. I I mean, you can give me more examples, but even outside the Christian context, maybe in secondary school, you were a prefect. And you were supposed to be a good example. And so there were some things that you should have done in some instances and you couldn't do because of that title. Or maybe you, uh, if you're in politics or something, you're a public figure of some sort. And of course, as a believer, let me say this to you. God is spirit. And so the only opportunity that the world has to see him is in your life. Never forget this. Let me tell you, what I just said is scary. It's a huge responsibility and a burden. That as a believer, I become the opportunity for the world to know God. Scary. Just in case you don't know, when the Bible says you are an ambassador for Christ, it's great. It's a privilege. But it's also scary. 
that God doth beseech the world by us, that God sees us as a platform through which he can touch the world, touch your colleagues at work, touch your neighbors. It's quite a responsibility. God would have wanted to live in your neighborhood, but he doesn't need to because you are there. He could have wanted to operate in your office, but he doesn't need to because you are there. And so you are an ambassador for Christ. That's a scary thing. To freak you out. It's a huge burden to carry on your shoulder. And if you don't go about with that burden, you have not understood what it means to be a believer yet. It hasn't dawned on you. Jesus sitting on the well and seeing the Samaritan woman and saying, if you knew the gift of God and he who is talking to you, you would have asked him and he will give you living water. Do, are you aware that you give living water? Because you have an, an, an information that can save people eternally. Translate them, them from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God and his dear son. So what if you began to see it as a privilege, as the gift of God to the world that you are here. It's a mentality. It's a burden. And not only is it a burden, the world knows is a burden. And that's why they will not hesitate to throw the line and you call yourself a Christian. <laughs> they will not hesitate. Now, some of them do it to manipulate you. Some of them hold you to impossible standards. You know, so, uh, some time ago, church was sharing properties with some neighbors and we did everything to show God's love to them. Everything. We're single-handedly paying for the security, even if there were five other flats or four other flats. Christmas will send gifts to all the flats. Did so many things, you know, and everything. Paying for the pumping machine, you know, even though we were sharing one of the flats, paying solely for it. You know, but the slightest inconvenience. We are Christians. We are, you know, and all of that. And I just knew, oh, this is manipulation. But sometimes they are right and you know it. Come on. <laughs> can we talk or can we not talk? Sometimes they are right and you know it because, listen, they may, some of them might not have followed you to church yet. But the reality is they are secretly challenged by your life. You see, there was one guy. He was my roommate when I was in 200 level. And the guy was in 500 level and he just acted like we're not on the same level. He hardly talked to us. So, in fact, he felt it was a mistake that he was sent to our hostel. So he wouldn't talk to us. He would, he would intentionally leave the hostel early, come back late at night. And I just felt he never wanted anything to do with me. But the last day before we went home, the guy looked at me and he said, I just want to thank you. 
He said, you will never know what you did to me and how you changed my life. He said, it is in heaven you will know. Thank you. And I'm like, oh boy. So, he's secretly challenged by my life. Maybe every morning I woke up and I was reading my Bible innocently. It was, it was a statement to him. Every time I prayed, it was a statement. I will never forget one day. <coughs> I have this relative who has a very explosive temper. When I say explosive, you don't understand. <laughs> and so one day we were in the house, you know, family and friends were around, you know, and he was adjusting the antenna. So I was like, okay, you got it now. Oh, you missed it. You got it now. You missed it. And you know, you know that thing I said about insecurity? Some, somehow we just felt I was tossing him around. And he just said, can't you see I'm trying? And I said, oh, I'm sorry. Now, it was simple to me, right, to say sorry. It's not a big deal. Jesus has changed my heart. The moment I said that, you could see it dismantled him. And he just felt, he just looked at me and he felt embarrassed for even acting in the way he did. And later he came to me and he said, you know, you've really changed. This was like my, you know, I, when I just got filled with the Spirit. It really changed. And what you did there really ministered to me. And my, in my mind, I was like, oh. <laughs> because sometimes they will never give you feedback, but they are secretly challenged by your life. And then, one thing, one thing, one thing, one moment where you lose it, lose the cylinders, and you just, you just shout, and you're all over the place. And they're like, you are even lucky if they actually say it and say, and you call yourself a Christian. You are even lucky. At least you have chance for redemption. But if they internalize it, do you realize it's a big deal? Are you aware that it's one of the worst things you can ever do to be the reason someone second guesses Jesus. With due respect to any other thing you learned about love, this is about the most important that your love work can be the reason someone follows Jesus or not. Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 13. Romans chapter 14, verse 13. If I have to continue next week, I, the way I'm seeing this time, you know. If I have to continue next week, so be it. Romans 14, 13, are you there? It says, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this. Let this be a resolution in your mind. Resolve this. This must be a resolve in every believer. Resolve this. Your mind must be made up on this. I will not be a stumbling block or cause a brother to fall away. Say that with me. Say, I will not be a stumbling block or cause a brother to fall away. Now, 
He says this. Verse 15. It says, yet if your brother is grieved because of your food. Now, this is how serious it is. He's not even saying sin. He's talking about something that is not sinful, but the person misunderstands. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is how serious it is. So, he's not saying if they will be grieved by your sin. That's extreme. That's extreme. He's talking about something as little as your food. He's talking about your liberties and your rights in Christ. Or as a human being. Whatever will misrepresent God. Misrepresent the kingdom. Oh my God. He says you are no longer walking in love. So, so now, this tells you that soul winning is a motive for walking in love. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this is an angle to love walk you probably have not heard before. He's talking about walking in love and he says, because of the souls you're trying to win. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. So now, as I'm walking in love, I have in mind the people for whom Christ died. The people for whom Christ died. The people for whom Christ died. How my decisions can influence their decision to follow Christ. The people for whom Christ died. How my behavior can influence their decision. It's a burden every day. My life can point people to Christ. Or points people away. Please, are you listening? Yes, sir. So let me give you context. Are you ready? Yes, you may not like this one, no. Now, someone has been out of church for a long time, eventually finds Celebration Church. It's coming, it's committed. Her life is changing. Then you look at the sister, you are in love, or so you said. You ask her out. Two weeks, you say you're not doing it again. Now, because of you, coming to church becomes awkward. So she stops coming to church. Someone that God would have raised as a mighty woman of God. And I'm saying this with all sincerity. Celebration church is hard to replace. You know what I'm saying. I'm not saying we're the only one. I'm just saying it's hard to replace. So now that person's walk with God derails. That is something, it, it should be a burden. Are you listening to me? Now, on a higher level, I don't think relationship should be a reason why you, should, you don't come to church. Personally. It means your priorities are wrong. But in a normal level, you can understand how difficult it will be at least for a while. But let me say, and I'm not trying to judge you. I am, yeah. <laughs> if someone stops coming to church because of you, that's serious. 
please, are you listening to me? That's you. Sometimes it's the women that give men breakfast. (laughs) You know, some women will look at someone who has fire for God and say, I like you, we can walk, but I will not marry a pastor. What are you trying to do? (laughs) What are you trying to do? People have been derailed by that. <laughs> you see, you see Jesus. I'm not trying to scare you. I am. <laughs> you know, I mean, after a while, I started doing advocacy for pastors. Me too, we don't want to marry you. We don't want. <laughs> we don't want. We don't want to marry pastor. I'm, I'm just looking at the floor. I don't know why, why I love it. <laughs> no, no, these are real issues. You know, one of the biggest rappers in the world right now making antichrist statements and, you know, doing a lot of horrible things, saying a lot of horrible things. One day, in a moment of honesty, he confessed that his dad, was his dad or his uncle now, was irreverent. And that man abused his children. He would always be drunk at home, people they didn't know, and he would abuse his children. And beat. Now, as children, this was their first image of Christianity. You understand what I'm saying? First image. closest man of God they saw was a fraud. He would come on stage, he would preach well, but his damaging destiny is at home. And so consciously, and eventually consciously, he said, I want nothing to do with church. Till date, he has not recovered. Now, the truth is, <coughs> he's still responsible, but at the end of the day, he's stumbling block. Stumbling block. Stumbling block. And maybe the man of God will be there saying, I'm saved by grace. Fool, you don't understand. There are bigger responsibilities at stake. Do you feel the emotions when Paul says, someone for whom Christ died? Don't you understand? This person you are joking with, Jesus shed blood. Listen, God came to the world, took on flesh. Lived 33 and a half years, hung on a cross, trying to save a soul that because of something petty, something petty, you just allow offense to prevail. And now the person is not in church anymore. You think it's a joke? He says, someone for whom Christ died. Sometimes you are in a service unit. And then you just fight in a silly way. Because of you and the trouble you make, someone doesn't want to serve anymore. These are not things to joke with. These are not things to joke about. Please, are you listening to me? Yes, 
It is true that we are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, lest any man should boast. But it is also true that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand this. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation to show forth. Show forth to who? To the world. So, meaning, it's our calling to display the virtues and the perfections of the kingdom of God. That's our calling. To show forth the praise of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. You are literally God's strategy for winning the world. He's using you. His goodness in your life as a testimony. So, listen. What I'm trying to say is, when people look at you, they should want Jesus. They should want Jesus. They should want Jesus. When they just look at you, observe you, observe your life. Because I'm telling you, Christianity the right way is contagious. Let me, tell you, let me tell you something. Have you seen someone who is in love with Jesus and it pricked your heart? It Have you prayed because of someone before? Have you ever heard someone pray and you went to pray? Has it happened to you? Oh my God. You, listen, in your real destiny, in your real elements, you are contagious. There is something God put in your spirit that will make the world want to be like you. You are the light of the world. Don't you understand? You are the salt of the earth. When they see you, ah, you challenge them. The man of God called me. You know, he said, I just had to call you because this happened. You see, there's a gift in my life. If there's a calling on your life and you're not obeying God, you're not following God, if our paths cross, I will, I will provoke you. I don't have to say it. The man said he was scrolling on my page. It was like a baptism came on him. He knew it's possible. What am I doing? I can obey God. This thing can be done. Just by scrolling my IG page. He said he began to speak in tongues for hours. It's like something came on him. Come on, now you get what I'm saying. So, so now, that's the burden of our life. That when a stranger, strange Samaritan woman sees us sitting on the well, we can say, if you knew the gift of God. You don't, meaning... Just the fact that our paths crossed, your life will never be the same again. Do you understand? It's a mentality. You will never be the same again. <sighs> if you knew the gift of God that I'm your roommate, or that we work in the same company, or that we live in the same neighborhood, if you knew the gift of God, what a mentality. That's the biggest thing to do with your life. For your life to be a cursor. 
pointing people to the cross. Say loud amen. amen. So when the Bible says, let your light so shine, that men will see your good work and glorify the Father. Good work, including your love. They will know you by your love, right? It means that love is a witness. Can you write that down? Love is a witness. Jesus said, by this, they will know that you are my disciples. Love is a witness. Love. So this is the biggest motivation. Biggest motivation. You know, I was trying to find a testimony. It was very hard, you know. In Rwanda and the crisis that ensued there. There was a man who came into a house. Shot the man. Shot all his children. Tried to kill the wife. The wife survived. Sorry. Shot the wife and all the children tried to kill the man. The man survived. And after the crisis, <laughs> somehow, this Christian man found the soldier who was now repentant. And he said, I love you. I forgive you. See, just so we're clear, <laughs> even the person who is preaching to you, you know, I'm like, yeah, Lord, I get this love thing, but don't test me. Don't test me like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> true life story. You know, and no, it's not like you just say, I forgive you and you move on. They're in the same space. They, I think they walk together now. Till He's, they see almost every day. You Listen, let me say this. Let me say this. You have to understand Bible love is different. There is a natural side to love. People love things that are lovely. Love people who are deserving of love. If you see a beautiful girl as a guy and you think you love her, <laughs> why you don't go love her? <laughs> no, really. But you have to understand the Christ kind of love is different. It says, God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. So listen. When someone shows you reasons why they are undeserving of your love, it becomes a better opportunity to demonstrate the love of Christ. I'm not saying in marriage, oh. Do you understand? You don't have to marry someone to demonstrate the love of Christ. Please, do you understand my context? Very important. And can I tell you this? What I'm saying, Jesus doesn't joke with it. 
one of the worst things, the worst things that you can do to God is to be the reason someone doesn't believe. Please, are you listening to what I'm saying? <laughs> one of the worst things you can do to God is to be the reason someone doesn't believe. All right, go back to Luke chapter 17, verse 1 that I started with. Verse 1 says, it is impossible that offenses should not come, right? But then he says, woe to him by whom offenses comes. And look at what he says in verse 2. It will be better for him if he put a millstone around his neck and he's thrown into the sea. It will be better. And now that's gory right there. I mean, Jesus is trying to use the most extreme scenario to express to you the spiritual implications of being a stumbling block in the path to someone else believing. It will be better. <laughs> Meaning, Oh, my God. I think you get it already. I hope you do. So let me give you a practical instance. Look at 1 Corinthians 6. I know you've heard of this text before. I want you to read it and soak it in. You know, this is not always applicable, but I want you to see the underlying idea. Listen, we can argue the main point here. But I want you to see the underlying principle here, which is very important. You know what Paul says? He says, dare any of you having a matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? <laughs> like the news carries it. This church sued another church. Or two brothers in the Lord are fighting. And you know they like news like that. Brother so and so and sister so and so. You know, I remember I, w I went to the police station for the first time for someone else's case or something. And I was just talking with the policeman. And he said, <laughs> something happened in the morning that in the church, two people fought. <laughs> And it got bloody. So it, they had to bring them straight from this church service to the police station. But he's still resolving the matter. And you know what he said to me? He said, this is why I don't go to church. He, he, he knew I'm a pastor. He's, he, said, he, he said, this is my work. I have seen many things as a policeman. Resolved many cases, which you know, men of God are so called, you know. <laughs> it says, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? It says, Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge small matters? Verse 7. He says, now therefore, 
it is already an other failure for you that you go to the law against one another. He now said something. He said, why do ye not rather accept wrong? Maybe NKJV doesn't paint it. You see, KJV says, is it not better for you to suffer yourself to be defrauded? Now, he's just giving you the extent to which you should be able to go to protect the PR of God. I, I get what I'm saying. That, look, just for, for his namesake. For his namesake. For his namesake. I, I don't, so, I mean, there are some things you, you don't want to be involved in. That Let me tell you a true life story. <laughs> I was in a vehicle going out, you know, with some relatives. We're driving all the way to Ekiti for a wedding years ago. And I happened to be the only man in the car. So something happened. The person that was driving mistakenly brushed someone else's car and, you know, just went on. I mean, went on because there had been a long traffic on that road and finally there was a window of escape. So everybody was... You know, and it was a small brush, so, I mean. And so the man pursued the car in front and came and parked and just came violently. Give me that key. Come down, you know, and all of that. And so, <laughs> being the only man in the car, <laughs> I had to go and talk to the man. And the man wasn't having it. And when I saw that the man was unreasonable, I was getting upset. So, and then traffic was building again. So the one FRC officer just came. What are you people doing there? Leave this place. Give them back their key. So I said, you know. <laughs> and as I did this, he just slapped my hand. Pow! You know, now, listen. You see, that time, wait now, wait, wait. I'm not telling you again. <laughs> You see, this was a long time ago, so my salvation was still rendering. <laughs> it was almost complete, but you understand? It was like 86%. <laughs> so, of course, there was still a bit of ego. Me amongst this. So, let me tell you, my wife's family. And I think we had not gotten married then. I wanted to make an impression. <laughs> you know, so that they know I can protect your daughter. What do you mean? <laughs> For some reason, when he slapped my hand, I just felt, I just felt calm and, and you know, and some other people started shouting at him, what's wrong with you? you know, and we just left. After a while, there's this guy I'd been trying to invite to church, trying to preach to, you know, and all of that. I just said, oh, he saw me some weeks after and said, I saw you on this road. Yeah. So what was happening was, as it was happening, he was somewhere in the traffic in one of the cars close by watching everything. <laughs> I said, Lord, <laughs> I just want to thank you. 
for your faithfulness. How will I? I've explained to him that I have not fought before. It's not that. It's not like that's not who I am. <laughs> this is why I've been preaching to him, trying to, you know, and then you, he was, see, devil is wicked. <laughs> he was right there. He was watching everything. He said one man was trying to make trouble. He said I was right there. Hey, God. You, see, you won't understand. I said, I said you were there. See, yeah. God, yeah. I will not follow people's hand in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, see me on Insta blog, dodging blood. Give me, give me upper in this Lagos. The temptation is real. <laughs> you, you see your apostles like this. <laughs> see, see, come. I'll deal with you now. <laughs> For I use Koboko, wipe someone here. Or, or <laughs> I don't know the pronunciation. I use apple. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So are you still in Luke 17? There's something I quickly want to address before we wrap this up. You see, some people misinterpret what the Bible teaches about love work. They think God is trying to sissify you and make you a simp, make you, you know. So everyone who has firm convictions can speak up for themselves. They think you're not being a Christian. And if you don't know this, people will try to manipulate you. You call yourself a Christian, you know, and all of that. So there is a balance. And so this is what it says in verse 3. And if you have anger issues, I'm not trying to justify it with this text, please. All right? But it says, take it to yourselves. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. Come on, are you listening? So meaning, love work does not mean I can't tell you what you did was rubbish. In fact, I can tell you, don't ever try this again. In some instances... Do you understand what I just said? No. What you did is wrong. See, let me tell you something. As believers, sometimes we must learn to hold people accountable. Hold people accountable. Do you understand the balance? Uh-huh. He says, however, now, this is, this is it. He says, and if they repent, of course, even if they don't repent, you ought to forgive, move on. But... If they repent, what did he say? So, so, oh my God. You know, I've been preaching for a while. What we just read is the hardest thing to teach. I've taught many subjects, including maybe eschatology to an extent. Do you know how hard eschatology, you know, <laughs> maybe... If, <laughs> To explain biblically, you know, the second coming, maybe to do a commentary on revelations. Love is harder to teach than that. Because let me say this. There is something about the proper Bible love that people don't understand intuitively. It's a deception in our age. We think that love is not intentional. 
You think it's just something, a flow that you go with. And so some people don't know how to love. And listen, when you're reading a story of the rich entrepreneur that forgave his servant, and the servant was going home and saw someone who was also owing him and put the person in prison, it's easy for you to look at that and say, ah, why would he do that? But it's my experience. A lot of people don't really know how to receive the love of Christ and reciprocate it. We, we don't get it. We don't get it. I'm telling you, you can hear a sermon on God's love. It would touch you, move you, to, move you to tears, but it still doesn't occur to you that because of that love, you should also love someone else. I think it is just an expression of our selfishness. We, we like to receive love. Because somewhere in our minds, we think we deserve it. We're not as bad as our neighbor. And so, I mean, I thank you, Father, that I don't always deserve your love, but you love me still. But really, I understand why you will love me because I'm awesome like that, but thank you still. The consciousness that we don't deserve his love truly dawns on us. And the fact that he loves us unrepentantly, it will push us to love our neighbor. Please, are you listening to this? This is very important. This simple text will save me several hours of counseling. Because a lot of Christians still don't get it. Before we even talk about the deeper dimension of forgiving people who never admit wrong, we still need to teach people, if they say sorry, forgive now. We need to teach people in church. You confronted the person. The person said, sorry. What does Jesus say? Forgive. Do you know how many marriages will be saved by this simple truth? Simple. Imagine, and, and what I'm saying needs to be practiced, so you must practice it. Do you get what I'm saying? You, love must be practiced. Bible love. If you don't practice it, you will never know it. Because we have Behavioral patterns. <laughs> Some of us are naturally vengeful. Say the truth. Some of us can be petty. And it is part of your restoration when you admit it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of us, when we are planning our comeback, it's always epic. Some of us are professionals at keeping malice. Hey. <laughs> Have you seen people who will keep... Their malice will make you doubt your existence. I, I'm not here. <laughs> they, they will ignore you. 
You say, ah. Am I alive? <laughs> Anointed malice keeping. The type of malice that takes grace. That how are you still angry after all these years? There must be grace for this thing. Or disgrace. <laughs> and I'm not saying this to judge you. Let me tell you something. There are things, oh my God, oh my God. There are things every Christian must identify in their lives and say, okay, I need to work on this. I want to get better in this area. And God help you if you don't learn this before you get married. Let me say this. Can I speak freely? Have you ever seen a divorced couple and each of them individually is awesome? And you cannot just understand why it did not work. You cannot understand. You may not have seen divorced couples like that, but you've seen two good people who don't get along, and you don't understand why. I find myself in that situation many times. I'm friends with two people who don't get along. <laughs> and it's confusing because they are both awesome to me. How come? Sometimes it's because of little things like this. Because it takes practice. You can be anointed and not practice this. Please, are you listening to me? You can be anointed. Love work is a different subject entirely. See, when someone hurts you, <laughs> what you will feel. Are you aware that it has been proven scientifically that the kind of secretions your body releases when you have heartbreak is the same you feel when you are injured physically. I know this firsthand because there's a woman, you know, she's an elderly woman, but she really believed in my anointing. This is since when I was in school. So one day, I was in her house to pray for her, visitor and all of that. So she said, I'm going to the hospital. Can you follow me? My sons are not around. So I went with her. The doctor checked, 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 and said, Ma, what you're experiencing is emotional trauma. He gave it one longer name. I said, there's nothing wrong with you. And I knew as a pastor, it's true. Based on the things she tells me. <laughs> you don't know, I said, there's nothing wrong. So she began to develop symptoms of sickness. Please, are you all listening to me? God knew what he was doing. He didn't want to create a robot. He, he formed man in the ground and breathed into him. Man became a living soul with emotions. And with our emotions, we can love. We can express our true, authentic self. And God did that so that Life will be beautiful and life is beautiful. Love is beautiful. But there is a downside. You can also be hurt. See, you can be hurt really bad. You don't chop breakfast before. <laughs> Has your emotions blocked your intellect before? Like... You are struggling to focus in school. 
You are focus, struggling to focus at work. It's like if you continue like this, they will sack you. <laughs> right? You can't function. Hallelujah. You must practice it. Jesus is my goal. If ever, God forbid, though, if ever I'm on a cross <laughs> with nails through my wrist, and then I look at the people who put me there and say, Father, forgive them. <laughs> if I'm praying at all, I'm not saying God punish them. Like, first and foremost, it's impressive that he was praying. <laughs> then what he prayed. Can God walk on us like that? Is it possible? Is it possible? Is it possible? You've grown in other aspects of your devotion. The tongue speaking, you heal the sick, you're doing all those things. Is it possible that God can give you the largeness of heart to finally let go of pettiness? Of the urge to give clapbacks. I've seen it many times, you know. I was counseling. This person is not a church member, so. I was counseling someone years ago. The person, he admitted I hurt this person. I said, okay, take your phone. Send a text. Say, I apologize for this. You know, she said, I won't do it. What if the person now? <laughs> I mean, these simple things. I'm taking my time on purpose because some of you don't know it. Some of you are nodding your head. Hmm. You know, you like sweet salmon. <laughs> but when it comes to practice, it. See, let me tell you something. If you want to forgive, sometimes it will be like you will die. Very few things test how you subscribe to the lordship of Jesus, like forgive, forgiveness. Especially when the person doesn't deserve it. But it's just giving the person a chance. So he says, if the person repents, forgive. Look at what he says in the next verse. A popular verse, even we don't like this one. <laughs> it's one of those verses, if you're still growing in the Lord, you skip. If you trespass again against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, what does he say? God wants to develop in you the largeness of heart. That when, like Joseph, you see your own brothers, if it were strangers, it's okay. Oh. You know what I'm saying? You see your own brothers who tried to kill you. And then eventually just said, you know what? We don't care for him. Why waste him? Let's use him to make money. They sell you off. Your own brothers. And you become prime minister. And they come to your country. Hungry and vulnerable. If you kill them, no court will try you. Are you aware? Come on, answer me. Are you aware that if Joseph killed those people, no court, there won't even, it won't be a discussion. And then you say, 
you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. You can, you can have the likeness of heart to see the big picture. God brought me here to preserve all of us. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then you're not rubbing it on their face every day. Take food. Make you not be like say. <laughs> Take food. You don't come to the next day and say, hmm, so is the food okay? So you are enjoying the food now. <laughs> you don't say, hmm, when I was in Potiphar's house, I wasn't eating like this, but don't worry. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, you forgive and you let go. As in, no strings attached, just that. Can God work that miracle in your heart? And then he says, whatever you do, even to the least of my brethren, you are doing it to me, to me, to me, to me, to me, to me. Meaning, God takes it personal. Because let me say this. Oh my God. Some of us think we love Jesus. But this boy, I go show you. Ah, Jesus, I love you. You know? But he says, you're doing it to me. You know, Jesus, this is the mentality of heaven. If you cannot love the person you can see, how will you love the God that you cannot see? Hallelujah. So, having said all of this, you must practice it. What I just thought will not grow by prayer alone. Are you aware? It will not grow by prayer alone. You will practice. You will practice. Some of you will need time. You will need to write the person's name somewhere that nobody will ever see. And say, in the name of Jesus, I release you. It's been seven years. Ah, ah. Even if it was in um, secular court that they arrested the person, the person would have been freed by now. <laughs> Let the person go. I'm taking my time because some of you need this. I mean, even if the person was arrested, the person would be free by now. Why is the person still in your heart? Let go. If you need to say it out, call the person's name and say, for Christ's sake, I forgive you. I let you go. You do it. And you practice it. Don't forget how we started. It is impossible that offenses should not come. And so your only chance at peace in this world is to have the largeness of heart to see people and their pettiness. You know what the Lord told me? He said, I've blessed you too much to be petty. Blessed you too much. Blessed you too much. Blessed you. So look at the goodness of God in your life and say, ah, for Christ's sake, I will forgive. Because of the impression it will have on others, I will forgive. Even if people don't see it, I must be a good example, public and private, and so I will forgive. Because soul winning is the greatest motivation for working in love. I will not be a stumbling block to another person. Say loud, amen. amen. Mm-hmm. So, 
the next time you feel like ending that marriage, think of the fact that you are the first Christian your children knew. I'm preaching, Abby. <laughs> Never forget this. You will be the first Christian that your children will know. If you don't love their mother, it might damage the perspective of marriage forever. If you don't honor your husband, it might damage the perspective of... So someone else's life will be ruined because you missed your opportunity to be a good example. Think about it. See, we will not always know the, the, the full extent of the consequences of our excesses. Don't wait till heaven to know. Learn now. Learn now. Learn now. Please, are you listening to me? So you start practicing. Start practicing. I've never said this before. And listen to me. One of the biggest ways to prepare for marriage, find someone <laughs> that is undeserved and start caring for the person. Did you hear what I said? And do it consistently. <laughs> do it consistently. It's one of the biggest ways. One of the biggest ways to, to grow in your love work. Find someone and don't give up. Hallelujah. Please, have you learned anything today? Yes, sir. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. You are the salt of the earth. Salt can lose, lose its savor. That salt can lose its savor. Don't lose your savor. Remain a good example so that men will see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. Please stand to your feet. I want to lead you in a confession and do this from your heart. Say in the name of Jesus, I'm a doer of the word. In season and out of season. Say when it's hard and when it's easy, I subscribe to the Lordship of Christ. Say, I love always. I love all the time. In private and in public. Say, say the world will come to Christ because of my light. Say, Gentiles are coming to my light. Gentiles are coming to my love. I say, I will not be a stumbling block to anyone. Say, not to my colleagues at work. Not to my neighbors. Say, I am conscious that I am an ambassador of Christ. Say, I am conscious that I am an ambassador for Christ. Say, I beseech my world for Christ. Say, Christ beseeches my world through me. Christ beseeches my world through me. Say, I am not a stumbling block. Say, in the name of Jesus, there is no one I hate. No human being on earth is on my hate list. Say, I have no hate list. Say, I love all men. I love all men as Christ loves. 
I love. As God is love, I am love. Say, I don't just love, I am love. Say, man will know this about me. I am love. It is my consistent character. Say, when it is hard, I love. When it is difficult, I love. Say, I walk in love. Ah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone. You said, even when people take advantage of us and despitefully use us, you said we should love, we should forgive. Lord, this is an instruction that we cannot carry out in the flesh or by our normal human capacity. And so we embrace help right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, for that person who has suffered because of heartbreak and it has been difficult to move on. I pray that in the name of Jesus, this is going to be a turning point moment for that person. That anyone held in the prison of the heart of any person here will be set free forever. In the mighty name of Jesus. Help us to forgive even when people don't recognize that they need forgiveness. Help us not to wait for people to recognize they are wrong or to even repent before we forgive. Help us to forgive because you forgave. Not because these people deserve forgiveness. We didn't deserve your love and your love. Help us to walk in a manner that is consistent with your word. Help us. Holy Spirit in us. We trust you. The fruit of your influence is love. The evidence of your influence, the manifestation of your influence is love. We receive the strength. We receive the strength. Thank you, Father. Our past will not hold us down. Right now, I rebuke trauma. Anyone who has been traumatized from the past, pains from years past that have plagued your mind and, and even made decisions in the present to be difficult, in the name of Jesus, I set you free from those traumas in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we've prayed. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.